This is Tuesday evening, June the 12th, 1962. We are about to have another seance at the home of Otto Smith, 362 Frederick Street, Kitchener, Ontario. The medium is Mr. Thomas Lacey, and the usual sitters are present. I'll start recording. Do you want to talk about the project? Yeah, that's me. Aaron McIndoe Sproul. And the other voice is Rebecca Swaby. Recently, Rebecca made friends with the head archivist at Special Collections and Archives, University of Waterloo Library. And he was telling me about some of the collections and happened to mention that they have a whole collection of seance recordings. 154 audio reels of seances recorded here in Kitchener in the 1960s and donated in 2015 to the University of Waterloo Library. If you can, turn off the lights, close your eyes, and let us introduce you to the ghost of Thomas Lacey. Nearly every tape begins the same way. This is Wednesday evening, August the Tuesday 15th, evening, July the 24th, September 29th, 1960. Lead us into those vast realms of thought which are emanating from the minds of the masters of all time. Then there's organ music. This is followed by a long, staticky silence until the first spirit to manifest comes through. Greetings, my fellow travelers. Greetings. Often what follows is sort of like a family reunion with spirits or friends and relatives of the sitters dropping in to visit. Hello, Marion. How are you, Grandpa? Hello, Charlie. Hello, sweetheart. Is this Anna? Yes. Oh, it's Anna. Anna. I thought it was mother. No, yes. To better understand who and what we're listening to, we pay a visit to Rebecca's friend Nick at Special Collections and Archives, University of Waterloo Library. The Dana Porter Library is a classic example of 1960s brutalist architecture that has often been described as fortress-like. And one question people always ask is why are we in the basement? Our shelving is so heavy we would collapse the building if we went up to another level. The tapes are part of the archive's spiritualism collection. Spiritualism is a religion, a philosophy, and science. The primary objective is to prove the survival of the human personality after death. Nick shows us an old black and white photograph. So this is a picture 1959. Um, this is Otto Smith in his house, uh, 362 Frederick Street. He appears to be in his mid-60s. He's dressed in a full black suit, complete with a crisp white pocket square. He stands proudly next to a large organ. And on the right of the photo, you can see the audio reel-to-reel -reel recording um, mm -hmm. system. Otto Smith 
hosted the seances in this house. Uh, oh my this, gosh. This photo, 1964, is Otto playing the organ. It's a close-up. He's got his eyes closed. You can see he's really feeling the music he's playing. I can just begin to imagine him swaying with the music and, and just losing himself in that. Otto was a self-taught organist and played at St. Matthew's Lutheran Church here in Kitchener. For five years, he also had a weekly radio program called Otto Smith at the Organ. We also have a recording of him reminiscing about his journey into spiritualism. A great teacher once said, when the ear is ready, the master speaks. It is a very difficult matter for anyone to say when a person is ready. Otto describes his first meeting with the group's medium, Thomas Lacey. There was a gentleman living in Waterloo, and he was working in Kitchener at Sutherland and Schultz's. A construction and industrial services company that still exists today. Lacey was an engineer there. I discovered that this man, Mr. Thomas Lacey, was sitting for the development of mediumship. This was the beginning of a long series of sittings for development. Who is Thomas Lacey? I was able to find that he was born the 4th of November, 1895, in the county of Derby in England. As a young child, he was what's called a calico printer's assistant. He was at a printing company that did printing for Beatrix Potter. We know that Lacey had a younger brother named Walter. We found his death certificate, and his death was listed as convulsions following septic poisoning caused by scalds accidentally sustained. So he would have been about seven years old at the time of his passing. The passing of his younger brother Walter under tragic circumstances may have contributed to Lacey's desire to open communication with the spirit world. Walter became Lacey's doorkeeper. So that means Walter is in spirit and he would allow the spirits to come through and stop other spirits who he didn't want to come through. Well, I'm taking my place tonight again to bring the curtain to a close. Good night, everyone. Good night. Other than that, we know that Thomas Lacey married Edith Emma Lomas in Derbyshire. They emigrated to Canada. After they arrived, I know nothing about them, except that their circle started around 1931. Would you describe Thomas Lacey as mysterious? Definitely. There's so little we know about him. Yeah, he's going to remain a pretty enigmatic character, I think, for the rest of my career. Do you know what Lacey looked like? I've seen one photo of him, and it's just a headshot. Quite a full face, seems to have a thick head of dark hair, very seeing eyes, they just seem to look right into you when you look at the photo. 
the photos from an article published in The Two Worlds that describes a seance held by the Lacey Circle one summer's evening on the shores of the Grand River near Kitchener. It reads... So it was that in the glow of the campfire and the silver moon riding high in the heavens, casting its silvered reflection in the quietly running river, the medium was entranced, and the small group were privileged to listen to the spirit voices. That same year, the two worlds reported that Lacey was the first medium to ever broadcast a seance on Canadian radio. Are you going to be able to show us the Lacey archives? Yes. Let's go see them. Nick leads us into the back and down a corridor. As we go in this room, you hear that noise, so that is the HVAC system. The archives ensure preservation by meticulously controlling the temperature, humidity, and light conditions. Nick takes a box off a shelf and pulls out a collapsible metal object. So this is the spirit trumpet. So it's conical. It's probably, what, a meter and a half aluminum, we say in the UK, aluminum over here. It folds in on itself, I guess, for easy storage. This is how the medium communicated with spirit. Spirit voice would come through the trumpet. Thomas Lacey was a trumpet medium. He would periodically use one of these in his seances. The trumpet is also alleged to have moved around the room on its own. The archives contain a small newspaper advert for spirit trumpets from the 1930s. The brand was E.A. Eccl. There must have been a demand for them, especially at that time. Spiritualism had a heyday in the interwar period. So many people lost sons, brothers and fathers in the First and Second World Wars, and spiritualism provided a way to reconnect with those they had lost. We have two Lacey collections. We have the lecture collection. The Thomas Lacey lecture collection contains nearly 500 stacks of typewritten pages. I read the title of the first document. Sleep in the Dream State. So he would have been channeling spirit to give this talk. That she hired stenographers to come in and sit as it was happening. These document seances from 1934 to 1951. Other titles include The Mind in the Machine, Exploring Other Realms, and Looking into the Year 2022. It was 1958 when the group began recording the seances. So the Lacey tapes start in this box. There's over 300 hours of recorded material here. And on those boxes, someone has written on some notes about what happened during that seance. The boxes contain the names of hundreds of spirits. Um, For example, Amira, who was Thomas Lacey's main spirit guide, if you like. Amira is the first spirit to come through on nearly every tape. I've come to you tonight from Titicata. It was a temple, a gathering place of the wise men of two continents, the peoples of Atlantis and the people of Mu. Amira claims to be the ancient Egyptian deity known as Toth. Amira speaks to the group at length on topics such as the pyramids, Easter Island, and the lost city of Atlantis. 
Nick says that the Lisi Circle was much more interested in the philosophy side of things rather than proving life after death. The names on the boxes include many great thinkers from throughout history, Marie Curie, Mahatma Gandhi, and Thomas Edison. During his lifetime, Edison was working on a prototype for a spirit phone, a machine to communicate with the spirit world. Is it in the realm of extremely short wavelengths? Yes, yes, that's very high Only about 10 hours of material have been digitized so far. How do you feel about that? Frustrated, but this is the nature of my world. That's where the patience comes in. You know, do some fundraising and get some money to get the rest of this done. If not, just to preserve it. Just before we go, Nick says... Someone you may want to try and connect with is the author of this book. Anatomy of a Seance. The author is Stan McMullen. Stan donated the Lacey Archives back in 2015. We drive three hours to visit Stan McMullen at his home in Brighton, Ontario. I mean, this is the heartbed right here. You're sitting in Northumberland, Hastings, Prince Edward counties. And this is where all spiritualism took off in Canada. It started with the Fox sisters. The Fox family lived in Consecon, Prince Edward County, before moving into an old log cabin in Hydesville, New York. They heard a story about an old hermit who lived in this log cabin and he died in that place and they got saying, are you here? You know, is there a ghost here? And they heard knocks. And then they started asking questions and one was no and two was yes. The three Fox sisters gained celebrity status during their lifetimes and are credited with founding the modern spiritualist movement. Stan's book studied the history of spirit communication in central Canada. Would you be able to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. All right, my name's Stan McMullen. I'm a retired professor. My interests have been broad and eclectic. Uh, the work in spiritualism was something that started because of a history conference. They were discussing Mackenzie King. And I said, you know, all these people are coming in, new King. Kind of interesting to ask these people what he was like as an individual. The last question was, what about this business of communing with the spirits? And we got loud, resounding nothing. <laughs> Nobody would acknowledge that fact. After King died, executors of his estate burned many of his spiritualist notebooks. They thought, well, if the Prime Minister of Canada, he went to seances and nobody will talk about it. How many other people out there did it and nobody's talking about it? What I became really interested in over time was the home circle. A group of people, you and I and five friends get together and sit around this table and see if one of us doesn't develop psychic ability. The Lacey Circle considered themselves to be a lodge of the White Brotherhood. They believed humanity would be guided into a new era by masters of ancient wisdom. The Brotherhood had ties to Madame Blavatsky's Theosophical Society. The whole movement was underground because they were taking real chances. I mean, it was illegal. And they could lose their jobs. And would you go to a lawyer who talked to the spirits, you know, in 1938? I don't, I'm not so sure you would. Stan's research into spiritualism had already progressed considerably when one day he heard a knock at his door. And there were three fairly senior people standing out there, and each of them was holding a box. And they said, we're here with some papers. And I said, pardon? 
The women told Stan that they had heard he was collecting information related to spiritualism and thought he might want these. Stan asked, Well, whose papers are those? The women replied, Thomas Lacey. They handed Stan the entire Thomas Lacey lecture collection. Shortly after, they arrived with the Lacey tapes. What the tapes told you was how a seance works. As soon as you, as an outsider, walk into the group, you cause a difficulty. Because people don't behave the same with a stranger in their midst. The tapes were what happened when you weren't there. The reason people went to seances is because it was one great evening of entertainment, among other things. And to hear Thomas Lacey, the versatility of the medium, the sheer ability to flow from accents to masculine, feminine voice. You probably would like to know who it is that is speaking. Yes, please. My name is Minnie, Minnie McKay. I, Ramisi, speak. Golden Star. Here. Don't you know me, John Wesley? Yes, yes, of course you do. This is your friend Sweetborg here tonight again. If you're a fraud making this stuff up, it's a tour de force and doing it twice a week and then, you, you know, it's quite incredible. Herward Carrington was a psychic and paranormal investigator based in New York. One of his studies investigated trumpet mediums, and he found nearly all of them to be palpably fraudulent, with three exceptions. Thomas Lacey was one of these exceptions. When Lacey declared the authenticity of his own mediumship during a lie detector test, it indicated that he was telling the truth. At the end of Carrington's inquiry, he was undecided if Lacey was a fraud or not, but believed his case was worthy of further investigation. The other thing about seances, they are so absurd on occasion that you have to believe in them. The Lacey Circle would engage in what they called rescue nights. Unfortunately, I haven't been baptized. You can call that now. It's not necessary. You, you passed over, you're dead. And now, you'll be able to see the light. Perish the thought, I'm not dead. Rescue nights were an opportunity for seance circles to help spirits who are lost in the transition to the afterlife. And they're really funny. Mm-hmm. You know, you're dead. No, no, I don't think so. Yes, you were shot to death on Main Street, you know. Did you ever participate in a seance? Not in a seance. I've used Ouija boards and so on, and they are dangerous. I don't fool around with it. It's serious stuff, and it isn't to be treated in a frivolous way. Is there one big idea or learning that you would want people to come away, take that with them about this topic? It's sort of a bad paraphrase of Shakespeare. There there are more things under the sun than are dreamed of, Horatio. Never stop wondering what is possible and what isn't. This has been part one of The Ghost of Thomas Lacey, created by Aaron McIndoe Sproul and Rebecca Swaby from Anthroscope Media, in collaboration with Special Collections and Archives, University of Waterloo Library. 
Original music composition from Curtis Walker, aka Blunders Public. We are so grateful for the support we received for this project from the Region of Waterloo Arts Fund and Ed Video Media Arts Centre. Coming up in part two. There are two women here with me. The first one shows me a telephone. The other woman is from a very, very long time ago. She's all dressed in black and she's very old. I don't know that she's connected to anyone here. She's from a long time ago.